Hey everybody, welcome once again to Choices Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here. I'm happy to share with everyone a great, amazing lady, Anne Van Dyke. She is a master of arts and psychology, an author, a caregiver, a speaker, and author of the book, Ride the Waves, A Caregiver's Journey. Welcome, Anne. So happy to have you here with us. Thank you, Paula. I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And this copy of the book is for you. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to read the inscription to you. Thank you. To Paula, who welcomed me to Washington with an open heart and with open arms. You are one of my earth angels. Oh. Many blessings. Thank you. Thank You're you. So welcome. You I'm just so made my grateful. journey up here. Yay. We were meant to meet. We were we well, we met on Facebook before I yeah. even moved up here, but right after I moved up here, you were one of the first people that I had lunch with and you just really welcomed me with open oh, arms. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to share about yourself uh, before we start discussing your book and that amazing topic of what it's like to be a caregiver and and I know we're going to discuss you know what it's like as a family member and I mean this is something that touches everyone's heart it does and there's no way any of us can escape losing someone we love dying is a part of life and um I was a psychotherapist for many years and the clients that I worked with all had grief and loss issues and I just I have a heart for grief and for loss and uh, I was watching TV one evening with my husband and this ad came on be a volunteer hospice worker I'm like I'm gonna do that <laughs> and my husband looked at me like oh god there you go off on another one of your tangents <laughs> so um, I signed up for the training. It was 12 weeks, two nights a week, four hours a night. And uh, I completed all of my hospice worker training to be a, a certified hospice volunteer. And a week later, I brought my mother home in in-home hospice. So I don't think that my thing, oh, I'm going to be a hospice volunteer was my idea. I think yeah. I was being guided by spirit and being given tools in advance that I would need mm -hmm. to carry out the task that I was given. Isn't that amazing how Source does that for us? Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely Our, amazing. The angels are watching over us and... We have so much help from above. It just amazes me every day. And so, you know, with you going into this, tell us, you know, what, what was like the biggest eye-opening experience for you is with becoming a caregiver? It was the realization that when I brought my mother home from the hospital and in home hospice, they told me three to six weeks. It was three years. 
And so it's the realization that death and dying doesn't stick to anybody's agenda. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter what doctors may say. Yeah. And so one of the things that I learned in being a caregiver for my mother was to stay present to the moment. We can't do anything about the past. It's gone. We can do our best to heal the past. We can yeah. learn from the past. Yes. But we can't change it. Mm -hmm. And when you're confronted with a terminal illness, you may not have a future with that person. So all you've got is today. Yes. This present moment. So I learned to be present to what was happening in my life. That's so true. Because you can be given a, you know, some numbers. This is what we expect. And, and that person can have longer time in their physical body or a shorter amount of time. Exactly. So that is very powerful to realize how important just this present moment is. Yes, and to stay fully open to this present moment. Acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge your thoughts. Acknowledge your experience. What are you what am I experiencing in this moment? Because what you're experiencing is your real truth. Mm -hmm. And um going with the flow, especially my mother had dementia. And I had to learn to go with the flow with my mom because not going with the flow just would really upset her. Mm -hmm. And um, when I learned to stay present to what was happening in the moment and to go with the flow, I found I was given beautiful gifts. Mom said to me one day, you didn't know my daughter, but you would have liked her. She's very pretty and she's very smart. Aww. Now, Paula, not once, not once growing up did my mother ever tell me I was pretty or I was smart. And even though she at that moment didn't recognize me as my daughter, I got a gift. Yes. I got a gift that I can hold in my heart. And that's just one example of why it's so important to be present to the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, I could have blown that moment by saying, but I'm your daughter. And my mother wouldn't have recognized it. It would have just upset her. May have confused her. May yes. have confused her even more. Mm -hmm. But by saying, well, tell me about her and going with the flow. Gee, yes. Got to find out I was pretty and I was smart. <laughs> so there's power in the present moment. Yes. When we allow that power to happen. Yeah. And and I would think, and that in that present moment, that day, look at where things are, what the situation is, and realize what you can do to make changes and and you know, better the situation and then what you're powerless 
and just be grateful for what you can do and what you do have and, and move on. There's a lot of truth in that, Paula. When my husband was diagnosed with ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lugarich's disease, we were handed a death sentence. There's no treatment for ALS and there's no cure. And 50% of all ALS patients are dead within two years. 80% mm -hmm. are dead within five years. 20% can live extremely long like Stephen Hawking's. But when we got Brian's diagnosis, we just looked at each other and we said, well, okay, this is what we've got. Now, how are we gonna learn to live with this? Mm -hmm. So we took ourselves off to counseling <laughs> and we did counseling around it. And one of the decisions that we made, Paula, was we were going to live life as fully as we could oh. for as long as we could. Love it. And one of the things I learned from that was focus on what you have. Don't focus on what you've lost. Oh. Focus on what you have right now. Mm -hmm. This is what we have in this moment. How can we maximize the joy and the pleasure and the thrill of being alive in this moment? And we loved picnics. And Brian would say to me, get your coat. And I'd say, why? He'd say, because I want to go to Bear of the Lair. Lair of the Bear. I'd say, okay. So I'd pack us a picnic lunch and off we'd go to Lair of the Bear. Well, when it got to where he couldn't walk, wasn't about to give up picnics. No, he still. I'd load him up in the Suburban and we'd drive to Red Rocks Park. Made it work. Outside of Golden, where we could see the whole entire valley. We could watch the deer coming down off Aww. the mountain to feed in the evening. We'd have our sandwiches and our sodas in the car and we'd have a picnic and Aww. we celebrated. Aww. Being alive being in this moment, having a picnic. Yes. It's what we could do. Oh. So we focused on what have we got today? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's a powerful message. Yeah. Tell us um, a little more along that line and, and what else that, that you've shared in the book? What, what, the top themes, would you say? With denial, it would be one of them. And, you know, denial gets a bad rap. Everybody says, don't be in denial, don't be in denial. Well, but denial is the bandage that keeps us from bleeding to death emotionally. Oh. And so there are times when something traumatic happens mm -hmm. that if we face it, full on, with full total awareness, we bleed to death emotionally. So with denial, you want to open it up and take a quick peek and close it back again. And no two people are gonna move through a journey of death and dying 
at the same pace. Mm -hmm. Not going to move through the journey of denial at the same pace. Mm -hmm. There were times when Brian was able to lift the cloak of denial and be right there, right present to what was going on. And I wasn't. And in one of our counseling sessions, he said to me, you're very extroverted. And I went, you think? You know, and he said, Anne, you're very extroverted. You need people in your life. So I want you to wait a reasonable length of time after I die, say six months to a year, and then get a boyfriend and get married again. Oh, Mount St. Anne's went off. <laughs> I can't think about that. Or, exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to consider that. I, I was nowhere near. Bless his heart for thinking about you that way and thinking, I want her future to be beautiful. I can oh. see that now, Paula. I can embrace that now, and it is a very fond memory. But at the time, it shredded my denial and took me to a place I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And I screamed and yelled at him. And in fact, the therapist said, oh. Anne, please sit down and be quiet. Mm -hmm. Because would you say, you know, it, it's okay for us all to be unique and handle it in different ways as far as like denial, because that can be a big big thing to take on. So even if we have to slowly progress and accept the situation or what's happening, it's okay, isn't it? It absolutely is. There's an old saying that says, um, mile by mile, it's a trial. Yard by yard, it's very hard. Inch by yeah. inch, it's a cinch. So chunk it down. Yeah. And I, I, that's, that's, that's really cute. It was like just a couple nights ago, I was looking at a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And um, it was something, you know, go out and fly. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. And if you can only make a small movement, make a movement, but continue to go forward. And, yeah. That's huge. And we can, you know, we don't have to be able to accept something and handle it the same way as another person. We are unique and give ourselves love in that situation, would you say? And you say, love I'm doing and my acceptance best. And, and I'm going to continue to do my best. You know, I stitched my cloak of denial back together. And of course, Brian was able to step back into, you know, not focusing on his death. He had said what he needed to say. Mm -hmm. He had said it in love. Yes. He had said it because he really and truly loved me. Mm -hmm. So then we went back to our everyday. Not that that incident was forgotten. It was never forgotten. It was put on the back burner. We went back mm -hmm. to our everyday life. We went back to going back to our ALS support group. Um, and we were having a condo built. This is probably a year later. And I'm going through it going, eh, that second bathroom's going to be a handicap bathroom. Because I was mm -hmm. watching him maneuver his walker around. And I'm thinking, oh, man, when he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. 
So I told him, I said, I'm going to change that second bathroom to a handicap bathroom. He said, no, you're not. I said, watch me. <laughs> I'm going to do it, honey. I'm doing I'm it. I'm going to do it. And without realizing it, I had ripped his cloak of denial. Yeah. Because by changing that bathroom to a handicapped bathroom, to one that would accommodate a wheelchair, mm -hmm. it brought him to another level of his disease that he yeah. didn't want to approach. And, you know, that's, that's really something to realize, too. I mean, and that can make it overwhelming as a caregiver, especially when it's someone you love. Because here you are dealing with the situation and what's happening but you also have to assist the other person to deal with what's happening yes. so would you say support groups are a very good idea oh my, yes i don't know how we would have made it without our als support group the people everybody in the support group mm -hmm. let me back up a minute most of the people in the support group were married couples. A few children came with mm -hmm. their parents, but most of them were, most of us were married couples. The ones who had ALS approached it from that point of view. Those of us that were the spouses approached it from the point of view of how do I balance all of this? Mm -hmm. How do I deal with this illness knowing I'm going to be a widow or mm -hmm. I'm going to be a widower? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we would wander off into the wild blue yonder and somebody in the group would yank us right back to reality. Mm -hmm. And it was support groups are safe places to lift your cloak of denial to look at what's going on in your life, to work on coping skills. Mm -hmm. Support groups let you know, I'm not alone. Yes. I'm not yes. the only one going through this. Mm -hmm. Support groups let us know that, you know what? My feelings are valid. And it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's also okay to be joyous at what I've got this moment. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, each of us moves with a terminal illness, with spouses especially. You're not walking the same path. Mm -hmm. Brian was walking towards his death. My parallel path was walking towards widowhood. And one day he said to me, gee, Ma, that's what he always called me was Ma. He said, gee, Ma, you really got the short end of the stick this time. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, it's real simple. All I got to do is die. He said, you got to figure out how to go on living without me. Oh. <laughs> I said, he adored you. Oh, adored is not the word. You. He loved me beyond. Mm -hmm. He loved me unconditionally. I was yes. truly blessed. And in that moment, I knew it was true that, that 
that I had to go on living without him. Mm -hmm. But it was another one of those little rips in my clock of denial. Yeah. I was like, Brian, shut your <laughs> mouth. Don't say that to me. <laughs> I am not. I don't want to I don't want to hear it. I don't, don't want to deal with it. it. Oh. Oh. So, and I think that's another important coping skill, yeah. Paula, is to really be with your feelings and acknowledge them mm -hmm. and state them out loud. Mm -hmm. Feelings that don't get dealt with are going to come out sideways. Mm -hmm. That's true. You're going to get an ulcer. You're going to get gastritis, mm -hmm. migraine yeah. headaches. Who knows? Yeah. High blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as being a, a caregiver in general, um, would you say I, I've I've always wanted to volunteer in a nursing home, mm -hmm. offering Reiki. I I would give Reiki to my dear auntie and before she passed, and I just uh, have am setting it up with one of my students, and we're going to do that one day a month, and. I would think as a caregiver what that's like to know what they're doing every day when they go to work, helping others. Because some others, some people are alone in that nursing home and don't have visitors. Not every, it's not the same for everyone who is in their last days and months no. and years. It's not. So what a role that is for anyone to be a caregiver, wouldn't you say? Yes, it is it's a big role, but it's a role that comes with big blessings. Mm -hmm. I bet. Um, because the reality is, Paula, none of us are going to get out of this life alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being a caregiver for someone who is dying has helped me to live a better life, uh -huh. has helped me to live more in the present, to live more fully and to acknowledge I ain't getting out of this life alive either. Yeah. <laughs> um, faith. You new insights and perspectives, I bet. Absolutely. And facing death head on allows me to live more fully in the present. And going to a nursing home and giving Reiki to the nursing home clients, that's a beautiful caregiving. Thank you. Beautiful really caregiving. I've, I've done it many times uh, at a homeless center. I've really, for a few years, several years, I've wanted to move that also into a, a nursing home or something or hospice area. And I'm finally getting it done. I'm really yeah. happy. Yay. Because yeah. it will bring more to your life. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I just can't imagine, you know. I had no idea when I started out on this journey of being a caregiver for my mom where it was going to take me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it because I loved my mom. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what's three to six weeks out of your life? <laughs> but mom hung on for three years. Yeah. But those three years were a blessing. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my mom. And then to have Brian diagnosed with ALS, it was like, 
that was a big shock because my mom died and here my husband's got ALS. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm living a death sentence. Yes. And it's a journey for you, I bet. Yes. We, we have about one minute left in the show. What last words do you want to leave with the audience today, Anne? For all caregivers, the most important thing you can do is to love and care for yourself. Take care of yourself first so that you have the love, the stamina, and the energy to be a fully present caregiver. Yes. And would you say that reading this wonderful book isn't isn't just for caregivers? No. Anyone can benefit from this. Yes, anyone can benefit from it. And I've had people email me and message me on Facebook about how much they got out of the book. One lady said it helped me to understand my feelings towards the death of my mother. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's not just for caregivers. It's for anyone that is facing yes. loss or struggling. Thank you, Anne. And this is available on Amazon? It's available on Amazon, uh, hardback, softback, ebook. Um, my daughter found it on Google Docs. Right. So it's, it's available. Ride the Waves, A Caregiver's Journey. Anne E. Van Dyke. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Paula. You need to get away to reignite. And you know what? You deserve it. Make the choice to get regrounded, refresh, recalibrate, refocus. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired and the radio show Finding Your Joy is partnering with personal development and life enhancement coach Tiffany Van Heel of Ignite by Design to bring you a week of rejuvenation. Their first experimental retreat is slated for Sedona in the fall of 2019 with more details to be unveiled soon. You'll be treated to yoga twice a day, personal development segments, coffee chats, champagne socials, hikes, massage, and quality time to do what you you choose. Choose happy. The intention is to become fully present and allow yourself to savor the experience through your senses. This is where you find your joy. Interested in more information? Visit reignitebydesign.com. Are you looking to open the beautiful door to the beautiful modality of Reiki, a hands-on energy healing modality? Radio host, Reiki master, speaker, and published author, Paula Vale would be honored to assist you in your Reiki training. For details, go to wellnessinspired.com. You may also contact Paula at paula at wellnessinspired.com to schedule your training.